Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Mike Molina. And we'll be back. Kick things off. A couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt. Then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant. Bradshaw and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard, Joe. Tim Lammers will join us uh, in a bit. Movies, 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 movies. Tom has no interest in most of them that come out now. Yeah, most they're pretty we, bad. Hey, we've had a good run. We have had a very good run. Oh, you we have, have yeah. to admit it. Yeah, you and I have to. Yeah, I watched nice Kill Bill for the first time in like 15 years. Oh, you did? It's on Netflix now, so I was like, hey, why not? It's horrible. It's. I don't know. I thought they were kind of... Tarantino tried way too hard to make it like, you know, his yeah, magnum did. opus, and that did ruin a lot of the movie. But there were some parts of it. Main, I mean, there's really only one scene that anyone cares about, and that's the uh, Crazy 88 fight. I mean, like, how often do you hear people talk about anything except that, you know, where there's a whole, she's fighting a whole bunch of guys and they've all got swords and all that? That's the one thing that anyone remembers about that movie, and for good reason. Well, that's because it was so ridiculous. Yeah, that's what it was known for. Everything else was just, like, really stilted dialogue and... um, was that the first movie? Uh, Probably not the first movie, but one of the first, like, big, big movies where a woman got the... Stuff kicked out of her. 
The stuffing? Yeah, maybe. What? Because, I mean, she was beat oh, up pretty yeah. badly. And uh-huh. that was, how long ago was that movie? Oh, I want to say 15-ish years. That's about right. Because you really never saw a woman getting, you know, beat up too much yeah. in movies. I mean, it would always be insinuated that her husband or her boyfriend, yeah. like like in a Streetcar Named Desire, you knew he was hitting her, but they never showed it. Well, right. they skirted that issue by having all of the... Um, People that beat her up that she's now hunting down be women. Because if they were men, people would freak out. Even though it's like, you know, they went after her with swords and guns. It's like, it doesn't matter what gender you are. You got a gun. That's true. But whatever. You got to watch out. I saw a movie on the airplane I forgot to tell you about, too. Um, uh, My Cousin Rachel. Did you ever see that? I have no idea. That was actually a very good movie, too. It was, you know, like a, a quieter movie. But it was it was very I, I don't know I thought it was really good I wonder if Lambers has seen it. It was about um, this guy this kid that grew up with just an uncle who mm. it was like a he hated women pretty much, and then all of a sudden he moved away and got married to this woman and um, then he died and some I don't remember the why the boy he was all grown up and coming back and he f- was infatuated with this with his cousin's wife and she ended up moving back to england into the manor house they apparently were fairly wealthy and we don't know if she killed his uncle or if his uncle was mad and she had suffered under him and then it it just was very interesting it was kind of like a a murder mystery without knowing if there was actually any murders (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? I can't understand a word. That's because you were about. scrolling around on the internet and not no, listening to a word I, I, I said listened, as usual. I listened to everything you said. None of it made sense. Mike. You always fall for that. Did you understand what I said? You always fall for that. Oh, there's an English manor house. I better watch I do this. like an English true. manor house. You do. You love all no, that. No, it, it was a very good oh. story. <laughs> I do like an English manor house. You do. Okay, so it, it, tell, it does take place in Cornwall. <laughs> yeah. But the lady is from Florence. Tate. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but the, it's all back pretty much in I think England. so, yes. Yeah. See? Yeah. And who, a, are the, who are the actors? Because I recognized some of them, but I don't know any of their names. I've never heard of any of them. Rachel Wise. Rachel Wise, yeah. Sam yeah. Claflin. Ian Glenn, Holiday Ian Glenn. Granger, and Pier Francesco Favino. Never heard of any of them oh, except anyway, for Wise. It was good. I liked it. Because <clears throat> it has a manor house in it. That's why it's you like it. It's not the only reason why. I, the, I, reason the countryside why. is, of course, gorgeous. Yeah. But the, the story was, you know, you just weren't sure who was the person at fault. There were things going on, and mm. you didn't know who did it. You still, at the end of the movie, you were like, um, so... Sounds like a very Englishy mystery. Yeah. It was. It was good. I thought it was good. So anyway. I have a question. Getting back to the beginning of the show, what fable is Kill Bill based on? I don't uh, think any fable. No, it is. It's, it's based on an old story mm. or an old fable, something like that. Little Red Riding And I cannot remember what it is. I mean, it's just someone going around killing people who tried to kill her. It's a pretty standard story in the in the um, Weren't there three of big them? picture. I know there was two. at least two. Yeah. There were two. Only two? And they were both horrible. Uh, they were big blockbusters. Blockbusters, weren't they? They made money. Uh, Kill Bill 1, yeah, made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. 30 million budget, 180 bucks office. That's always That's nice. Pretty good. 
Pretty good. Yeah. Um, apparently, it was based on a Japanese movie. Yeah, see, I knew it. It's not a or fable. Or a fable. Well, I knew it was based on something it's like else. The a Japanese of a fable. fable, maybe. Uh, now, just some movie called Lady Snowblood, which is the same thing. Lady Snowblood? Yes. It's. Sounds- it's the same movie, basically. Yeah, it right. even uses animation, like, intersplices. I knew that it wasn't his idea. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't Quentin Tarantino's like idea. Anymore. I can't stand him anymore. I wouldn't watch one of his movies to save my life. Yeah. He's always been kind of annoying, and now he's just, uh, like, you know, what a weird side to take. Here's another, yeah, here's another pig I wouldn't watch a movie he was in if he gave me money to do it. What? Hollywood star Robert De Niro took aim at the Trump administration's stance on climate change, telling a packed audience in the Middle East. Of course, he's fiddling the the Middle East much better people than we are. Don't forget that when they throw homosexuals off of buildings and kill women for driving. Yeah, and they're the ones that are supplying yeah. the oil yeah, for exactly. that's driving what climate a, change. What a joke he is. <laughs> yeah, if oil is the cause of climate change, yeah. then you're basically saying all of the things that you own, you're bad people for owning them. Right. Yeah, they and should be. apparently they were happy about that. Uh, Hollywood star Robert De Niro took aim at the Trump administration's stance on climate change, telling a packed audience in the Middle East that he was visiting from a backward country suffering from temporary insanity. <laughs> Don't come back. <laughs> Don't come back, you lame brain. What a sad loser. Oh, my God. These guys will do anything uh, to get in the paper. Yes, they will. Anything, anything at all. Anything to land it. Look, he hasn't made a good movie in about 20 oh years. Oh, my God. He just stinks lately. He's terrible now. Yeah, Let's do another is. dead grandpa or whatever the name of that oh, crap Grumpy was. Old man? No, no, that's, that's not, not it. it. He said it in the country he's describing. The head of the Environmental Protection Agency suggested last week that global warming may be a good thing for humanity. I'm talking about my own country, the United States of America. We don't like to say we are a backward country, so let's just say we're suffering from a case of temporary insanity, he added. Mm-hmm. De Niro received applause and laughs when he said the U.S. will eventually cure itself by voting our dangerous leader out of office. This pig goes to the Middle East and rips the United States. Then we got Keith Ellison sitting there while that woman from Pakistan was ripping the United States. He's laughing and applauding. Leave then. Go move somewhere else, both you pigs. God, I I just, Uh, what is wrong with A country that has voted him in. That's good. Yeah. And supports him people. completely as a mm-hmm. politician yeah. as an, and as a representative that's it. of the people. And he's, he's uh, that's just sad. Look, I'm just telling you, all of these people, like Robert De Niro, you're a total failure of a guy. You were in about four good movies and the rest of them. Hey, look, the, the movies you were in, I loved. You know, Raging Bull I loved, and I loved, obviously, uh, Godfather Part Two and... There were a couple other ones, and the rest of them are all terrible. You haven't made a good movie in seriously in ten years, and you're desperate to get your name in the paper. So, calling your your country backward in the Middle East, yeah, well, the, the forward-thinking Middle Eastern people. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Seriously, don't come back. Just stay there. Well, stay in Dubai. That's part of the problem with these aging actors. They're Ugh. just trying so hard to stay relevant in an in an industry that worships youth. Well, they could like yeah. make movies. Yeah, look they at, could write at, something that was relevant. Yeah, exactly. Look at um, Keanu Reeves. He's got to be at least fifty by now, and he's he just made uh, that right. one. Tim's he to he rang us. like once and then stopped. I don't know. Try uh, harder. 
Um, and he just made what? What was that movie called? Dog Killer. Yes, part Dog six. Killer. Oh, you mean uh, what the hell is the name of that? Just made part two of it. I liked it. I cannot think of what it's called. I can't either. There we go. Now we got Tim, I believe. Well, we got Tim Lammers. Do Tim, we? are you there? Apparently not. Hello, Tim. Timmy. U.S. and international media went gaga over North Korea's Princess Kim Yo Young. Well, the audio's going in, so. Despite her family. The audience really doesn't want to hear about what's going on with the phone. Well, we got to get. Don't they? Don't they want to hear? No, they don't. Don't they not want to hear? What if I do this? There. Are you there? Probably not. I don't know. Anyway, let me read this story. U.S. and international media went gaga over North Korea's Princess Kim Yo Young, despite her family's role in a massive ongoing system of political oppression that has tortured and killed millions over the decades. Uh, CNN, The New York Times, Washington Post, ABC, and Reuters were all criticized for surprisingly cheery depictions of Kim and the North Korean cheer squad dispatched to the Winter Olympics in South Korea. Without a word, only flashing smiles, Kim Jong, uh, Kim Jong-un, sister, outflanked Vice President Mike Pence in diplomacy. A New York Times tweet read, The tweet got an overwhelmingly negative response in replies. Is the newspaper of record really this susceptible to charm and propaganda from murderous dictatorships? Yes. Reminder, there are currently over 100,000 prisoners enslaved in North Korea. What, What do you guys think it is? And I'm very serious to answer this. Why do you think the far, far left, and it's not Democrats, these are the far, far left nut jobs. Why do they hate America so much? They hate themselves so much, it's unbelievable. Why do you think that is? I think it is a self-hate thing. Yeah, it has well, to not, be. No question it's a self-hate They feel guilty, thing. so they have yeah. to... They yeah, feel it's like, a guilt situation. Yeah, they feel like they don't deserve it, so they have to destroy it to make themselves feel better. They, honest to God, are cheering on a woman whose family is responsible for killing tens of millions of people, enslaving people, uh, starving people to death, in, including a, a, a United States citizen, Mr. Warm Beer. They don't, they're just, oh, she's so wonderful. She's so great. She makes Pence look so bad. It's just under. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? I have a question, though. What? It, I don't know anything about her. I, Nobody seriously, knows I've about never her. heard a word about her in my life until Are, this Olympic thing. I saw. Are we about Yo Jong? Yeah, Kim Yo Jong. Yeah, she's got our Wikipedia article here. Is she is she against what her country is doing, no. and is she a champion nope. of? She's the director of the propaganda and agitation department. So the agitation. I would say <laughs> probably not. So I want my title to be that director of agitation. agitation. That's me yep. for dad. That's yeah. I'm the director yeah, of agitation for dad. That's true. I should be director of agitation. You guys should be director of agitating me. Well, the problem is, is that you are the director of agitation, but you refuse to own up to it. Okay, tip of the cap to Jake Tapper, who is, you know, he's a, no, see, he's like a, a lefty, but he's not a nut job, far, far lefty like some of these people are. He's not a West Coast lefty. Yeah, I guess that's it. And again, I'm not any big fan of far, far righties either. They you just, people on the edges are nuts. On the far right just doesn't have any voice or power, so no, who right cares now. about what they're doing right now? So tip of the cap to Jake Tapper, who said, if you hate U.S. leaders more than you hate the Kim Jong-un regime, you really need to read up on North Korea. Uh, I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, this is a woman who watched her brother murder her other brother and did nothing about it. They murdered their other brother. 
They they fed their uncle to dogs. Well, she's got a lot going for her. Yeah, apparently she just she's. She's not white, and she's not a man. Well, no, that's it. She's not male, and she's not white. So and she's an attractive. Well, I suspect it's fear. I mean, if she says anything, they'll feed her to the dogs too. Well, there, there's that. Well, but well they I'm... don't have any power in South Korea. No, they do not. I, I just can't believe that the United States is jumping through its butt. These writers for these pig newspapers, like the the uh, seriously, the Washington Post. Uh, the BBC, articles from the Washington Post and the BBC that compared Kim to Ivanka Trump were vilified for, uh, vilified for similar re- reasons. While Trump's youngest daughter does advise his White House in some capacity, Kim actively runs the propaganda department that aggrandizes her brother's regime. Within North Korea, rejection of the propaganda espoused by Kim can result in a death sentence. So if you don't like what she writes, she'll have you killed. Isn't she wonderful? Is this well, then so much about being afraid of what will happen to her. Yeah. She's complicit either way. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I mean, whether she agrees or not, the, the fact that she knows it goes on makes her complicit. Uh, but the, how crazy have some white people gotten? You've lost Psychotic. your minds. We will be back right after this. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. So basically we've covered the some of the psychosis in the first segment, but in the second segment there's more psychosis. <laughs> Because apparently people can't tell the difference between a cartoon and real life. Are we talking about Peter Rabbit? Yes. Mm. What about Peter Rabbit? What is wrong with people? Oh, Didn't the you know all about this? Well, yeah, I, I sent Catherine an article. The filmmakers that now have officially apologized. Oh, it's just... I mean, you know, they, they do know Peter Rabbit isn't supposed to be like a good guy, right? I mean, he's like, he's a little fluffy bunny, but he's also, you know... His entire life is based on uh, ruining everyone else's day. Right. So you know, it's not like they're saying if yeah. if him if the BlackBerry scene is them saying you know it's okay to bully kids with allergies, then 
the rest of the movie is saying it's okay to you know steal food from other people and beat up their cat. Right. People need to learn what context is. I will read this to you, and then I want to get Tim's take on the whole thing. If you're wondering why there's a hashtag to boycott a new children's movie, ask parents of kids with allergies, the BBC reports on the pushback against Sony Pictures' Peter Rabbit, which includes a scene in which Mr. McGregor, who's allergic to blackberries, gets the fruit hurled at him by the title character and his bunny pals. One berry ends up in McGregor's mouth, causing him to go into anaphylactic shock and forcing the use of his EpiPen. I'm pretty sure Beatrix Potter will be turning in her grave about now. One of uh, one mom of a child with allergies tells the New York Times. She notes allergies are already often dismissed or ignored by people who aren't affected by them. Oh and that to have them trivialized on the big screen by such a popular character is immensely disappointing. It's the point of the character. Your life is so hard, isn't it, lady? It's just unbelievable. And not I to mean, mention oh. Beatrix Potter, the um, the woman who wrote the book where... Peter Rabbit got captured, and then his father rescued him. And in order, in order to punish him for getting captured, he hit him with a switch in the book. Yeah, so he beats the kid. Is that a, is that a whole lot oh. worse than throwing blackberries at someone? Well, and I'm here to tell you, Andy, <laughs> as a child, had terrible allergies. He didn't have like the peanut allergy and all that yeah. life-threatening Nothing, stuff. Yeah. But you were a pretty you were pretty miserable most of the time oh, going yeah. outside I had hives as a, a kid. Lot. And if I watched this movie with you, I'd be like, uh, has nothing to do with my kid. Yeah, it's it's context. It's well, not yes. they're not saying that it's okay to do. And the original Peter right. Rabbit <laughs> books are awful. Like yeah. they're no. super they're super like dark and weird. Uh-huh. Like a friend gave them to me on tape to listen to in the car when Fawn was born as like a shower gift. And we listened to them, I'm like, these are horrible. Like these are not oh. child appropriate. I tried to read those stories to you guys as as kids and, and they're just they're horrible to read even yeah like they're marrying their cousins and having kids and i know understand that it's like rabbits but it's like <laughs> there's so it place in the South? it's rabbits yeah but i mean I know it's a cartoon right well it must be an awful movie too because they didn't screen it for critics last week oh so that really? tells you a lot too but, you know, people are, you know, obviously, again, Andy's right. It's the context of things. People are so touchy. I remember, um, I guess it would have been the first Avengers movie, so we're talking like 2013. And there was a big hubbub because uh, Thor was defending Loki and saying, you know, I love him, he's my brother, and blah, blah, blah. And they go on and say, uh, yeah, but he just killed a lot of people, to which Thor responds, he's adopted. And people just lost their minds, and I thought it was hilarious. And this is coming from a guy whose mother was adopted, who has adopted a child himself. It's funny. Right. You cannot take it seriously. It's funny stuff. It's a movie, people. Exactly. You know, it's just amazing. You just, now even fiction, you know, big screen fiction, you can't do anything without somebody losing their minds over it. It's just crazy. Well, it's easier to be offended than it is to understand what's going on. I mean, you can just get offended at anything, and then, it's oh, the see, now. yeah. That, so I, I, I saw it, and I, I was offended, not, you know, uh, I saw it, and this is what I thought about it. Well, here's the problem. I mean, obviously the show today so far, we've talked about, uh, about Kim Jo Young. And how everybody, Kim Yo Young and everybody thinks she's so wonderful. She's a murderer, first of all. Uh, then we talked about Robert De Niro going to the Middle East, bad-mouthing America as a backwards country. You got 
Keith Ellison, who's sitting on uh, on stage and applauding, when I believe the woman was from Pakistan who was ripping the United States, saying this is a country that was founded by slaughtering the uh, the, the native people. Name me a country that wasn't. Is there a country that, that was founded that didn't slaughter the native people? It's pretty much how the world was for exactly millennial. But there's millennial. Keith. Is anybody going to play that little clip of Robert De Niro on Saturday Night Live making fun of all the uh, Middle Eastern names? Oh, Hajit Madrores. Yeah, that's what he called. Yeah, him, how right? about that, Bobby? Boy, I, I, that guy. You know, it's amazing. Uh, and I, I, I caught a headline. I don't even remember what it was. But I remember thinking to myself, this was only yesterday. I was thinking, God, I used to admire this guy. Yeah, I know. But he has just turned into this crabby old, you know, let's, he's, you know, again, it's just right to say whatever he wants to say, whatever. But when you drag it into your work, and your work has just gotten to be so terrible. Right, it's terrible. With, you know, the uh, bad grandpas of the world and those sorts of films. It's like, I used to admire him so much. And while Al Pacino does crappy movies still at least he stays out of it i yeah, still yeah. i love right. pacino still yep but yep. boy de niro boy he's certainly gone south no it is it, apparently the older he gets the worse he treats people he works with to a i guess he's just a jerk to work with now so mm. I, I don't know what in meryl streep i didn't know this is going you're lying you're a flat-out liar you knew yeah it was that bad. that to me is one of the most ridiculous things out of this whole uh, Weinstein thing is I n- I didn't know yeah. I didn't I was shocked oh come on you know come on again if you didn't hear it directly some one of your handlers did one of your managers one of oh, your yeah. publicists somebody heard it and somebody said something to you so, I, I just cannot believe that she wants us to believe that she's totally you know right uh, oh yeah I'm, I'm oblivious to this so here's basically the deal is America perfect no. But here's who I like. I like like Democrats and centrists and Republicans. The rest of you, you're crazy. You, you're so far gone with all this stuff. I just, uh, you go out of your way to hate everything about America, and I, and I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. What, what, where's, where's there a, a spot that's better? What's better? Tell me, because I don't know it. Other parents and advocacy groups agree the film, with James Corden voicing Peter, is partaking in allergy bullying, per fortune. Kenneth Mendez, president of the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America, penned an open letter to the filmmakers and Sony, noting that we strongly urge you refrain from the type of programming that mocks food allergies in the future. Mendez also points out that Sony has portrayed food allergies as a punchline before in children's films, citing one of the Smurfs movies and uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs as two examples. Per the AP, Sony has issued a joint statement with the filmmakers apologizing for the scene, admitting the film shouldn't have made light of the character's allergy, even in a cartoonish slapstick way. Can you make fun of anything um, anymore? But, I mean, did they make light of it? The guy had a bad reaction and had to use an EpiPen. It's, that sounds pretty serious to me. God, I just, the whole thing is so ridiculous. Well, okay, here's the thing. As somebody that does have food allergies, none of mine are, mm-hmm. you know, I won't die from any of them or whatever. I don't right. need an EpiPen, but I do have food allergies. It is, it's irritating when you hear people go to restaurants and they're like, oh, I'm gluten-free. Does that have gluten in it? Blah, blah, blah. But then they're like throwing back beers. 
during dinner, yeah. but it they can't have gluten in their pasta or like, oh, I'm allergic to tomatoes. If there's tomatoes in it, I can't have it. And then they're dunking their fries in ketchup. It's like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of stuff undermines because it's like I go to restaurants and I'm like, are there bell peppers in this dish? Because I actually yeah, have a problem. Like it's not like I just don't like bell peppers. So I'm just going to say I'm allergic to them because then they won't put them in. Because a lot of people do do that. So there are a lot of, and mm-hmm. I can understand from the perspective of, if your kid could die from eating a peanut. Yeah, it's different. That's probably, I mean, I nannied for a family and the oldest son had a life-threatening peanut allergy. And everywhere he went, she was like, okay, remember you have one EpiPen in your pocket and the other two are in your bag and you can't eat anything at the birthday mm-hmm. party. Your special brownie is in your backpack, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, they spend their entire lives trying to avoid them even coming in contact with these things. So it's like, I don't know. It's a very emotionally charged situation because it's life or death of your child. So these people are just reacting out of like fear and upset that they have to live with every day that their child might come in contact with something that could kill them. Yeah. You know, I can admire that perspective, but you know, at the same time, uh, obviously, if it were a live-action film where some bullies were doing it to a kid and, and, and the filmmaker was trying to make light of it, that's an entirely different situation. Yeah. Right. This yes. is a, a, a CGI character, and, you know, they yes, they, they, they took advantage of the allergy, but yet at the same time the character did treat itself with an EpiPen, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I just think that people are just so touchy. And, 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 again, I'm not coming from that perspective as a parent with a child with allergies. So maybe they did react differently. So, I have a question. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Is anybody allergic to blackberries? Anybody Probably. can be allergic sure. to anything, yeah. 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 I'm sure there's someone out there who's got some weird blackberry allergy. Yeah. You know that when I was a kid, I didn't know one person that had an allergy. That's because Nobody. food was and actual food poor, when you were a kid. Well, and see, that's what I think the problem is. Now it's all genetically modified food, and that's what caused the problem. Why aren't we going off to these people who did this? Because it's easier to just give people an EpiPen and be like, ooh. Oh, that costs, what, $700 now? Yeah, now. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the thing thing people should be getting upset about. Exactly. The people who changed our food to the point. We were talking this morning to to the bat man, you know, not, you know, bat dash man. He studies bats and all the rest of it. And he said that people used to plant three seeds whenever they planted things like corn. They'd plant one for the uh, for the humans, one for the blight, and one for um, the animals. Yeah, the what are they called again? We go in the pollinators. Oh, the they plant one for the pollinators, one for the humans, one for the blight. But now we plant one for the uh, humans. You know why we don't plant the other two? Because the corporations don't want to spend the money to do it. Uh, how much more money is it going to cost for you to plant three seeds instead of one? Three times. Three times as much? Well, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, that's <laughs> quite the increase. Well, you also have to have more land. Yeah. Well, you don't have to have more land. Sure. If you're going to plant three, every plant needs its own space to grow. Otherwise, they get overcrowded and then something's going to die off. So so people can be allergic to everything. Yes. There's not anything out there that people can't, that the people aren't allergic to. Nope. There I don't are, know. There I don't know. Foods, I've never had an allergy. There are know. foods that are less likely to have people allergic to them, but there can still be people. Mm-hmm. Like flax seeds is one of the foods that it's like it's pretty much like people don't have 
allergy to flax seeds. But then I just was talking to somebody that has a deathly allergy to flax seeds. I like my brother Terry. He had two episodes where his uh, he, per- he broke out into hives and his throat started closing and had to be rushed to the hospital. He has no idea what it was mm-hmm. and has never had an episode since. So was it something he ate? Was it something he yeah. breathed in? Was it something he came into contact with? Who knows? No one's ever going to know. Well, it's pretty interesting that, that you know, because I know people, I, I, the first allergies I ever came across were people who were allergic to seafood. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's been around a long time. That's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody was allergic to peanuts or any of the rest of it. And I grew up in the poorest neighborhood in the state of Minnesota. You would think well, you couldn't afford peanuts. Well, if you were a, <laughs> if you were peanuts. deathly allergic to peanuts back then, you died. That's yeah, but just nobody how it ever was. died. You, I don't think everyone told you about every time they had a baby that died. Well, most of the kids that I knew that died were making pipe bombs. Oh, so, well, that's true. You're making pipe can bombs ask, with match heads. Can I ask Tim about something? Well, we can ask him in the next segment. Okay. Because the segment's about about. Uh, I'm hoping to up. be vindicated. But, look, nobody wants to make fun of anybody. It's a cartoon, however. Yeah. And is the guy with the allergy? It is it. Is it a human comic character, or is it the fox, or who is it? Does anybody it's, even know? It's a. It's a a CGI character, I think. I, again, I, I wasn't able to see it, but that's what I'm reading. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, so so Mr. McGregor is a is a human man. Yes, I think yes. that's the farmer, right? Who's he's allergic the, to blackberries. Yeah, and he or the neighbor. Oh, he so starts it, dating Peter. It Rabbit's. is a human character that's allergic. Yes, and he starts dating he starts, Peter Rabbit's mom. And who starts dating Peter Rabbit's mom? Mr. McGregor. So it's okay to bang rabbits, but not the no his his human mom. Uh, Peter Rabbit has a human mom. His like owner, then I guess. Oh, okay. I, mom is not the word you wanted. Well, Sorry. Good, I'm totally lost on this one. I'm like, what Sorry. are you talking about? We'll be back. More with Tim Lammers right after this. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? 
Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Cause that's what everyone does right now. Is everybody just freaking out over everything? I'm freaking out right now, man. Freaking out, man. All right, uh, Catherine had a question for Tim Lambert. Have you seen my cousin Rachel? No, I have not. Uh, uh, I'm I'm aware of the movie. Who's in it? Rachel Wise. Rachel Weiss. Vage no, I advice. have not. I thought it was up for some Academy Awards. Uh, I mean, you know, it's possible. Did you see it on a screener or something? I saw it on the airplane. Okay, yeah. I, you know, no. I, I mean, I'm, I've, I've heard of it, but it's a, it's an indie film. With you're right, with Rachel Weisz, and that's all I know. I'm, I'm afraid. All right. Well, Why I thought you? it was good. Tom is making fun of me because he thinks I only liked it because there was a manor house. Oh, there's a British countryside and there's a manor house. He's one of those. I guess I should have ah, been a country manor house kind of person. Yes, exactly. I also did see that Mike Bryant gave us, uh, Catherine and I, a shout out yeah. after seeing I, Tanya mm-hmm. and loving it. Yeah, it was great. That was a really good movie. I think yeah, that's so. the surprise film of the year. Oh, no question. Yeah. I mean, because again, you know, when you look at the history of Tanya Harding, it's not the sort of, you know, and she's not exactly a warm character in the picture either. But no, no. Um, it's not the, it, you know, it doesn't sound to me to be the sort of film you want to run out and see. But boy, once you, you know, even if you get a, a, a look at the trailer, you're going to say, wow, this this is something definitely different. And then it just totally blows your mind when you see the picture itself. So yeah, so yeah. Mike uh, sent a tweet out. When you uh, when you recommended it to us, I don't know, a few months ago, I think, um, I was like, ugh, Tanya Harding, that story's been told so many times, how can this be new? Right. Yeah, and it tells a story of her that a lot of us didn't know about. Nope. And again, if you want a great companion piece, and I'm hoping it's on Hulu, but ABC did a special on uh, Tanya, and it, it was sort of framed within... It started off with her going to the premiere of the film, and then it went and told the backstory, and then ended with her, you know, going to the premiere and, and the reactions to the film and all that sort of stuff. But that documentary, or whatever you want to call it, two-hour special on ABC, had the real mom, Lavana Golden, and uh, Allison Janney isn't too far off the mark there. No, that's <laughs> what I hear. She was, of- yeah, it's perfect. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, yeah, I screened the thing, and it was like, uh, actually, first time I, I, only time I've seen it was around Thanksgiving, but the problem with the movie like that was it really needed to be, you know, promoted through word of mouth and through mm-hmm. award season because it's such of a small film. Then I'm glad that it's out there where people are seeing it in theaters because, again, it's well worth it. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It is really, really a good movie. And then we saw another movie, Christopher Robin 
Goodbye, Christopher Goodbye, Robin. Robin. That's, that's a couple years old, though. Yeah. And that very, very Actually, good. you know what? It came out last fall. Well, that's right. It came out in 2017. But it, it came and went like, boom. It, yeah. was, it just didn't last. It didn't last. So I, I didn't see it myself, but, you know, it sounds like it's in the same vein of um, a wonderful film from about 12 years ago. No, more than that, 14 years ago called Finding Neverland. Right. Which Johnny Depp played the uh, uh, writer of Peter Pan. Right. J.M. Barry. Mm-hmm. And uh, you find out behind the scenes that things weren't quite as rosy as, you know, how could a guy who wrote Peter Pan have such of a, a life like this? But uh, from what I'm understanding, that's sort of the, the case with this, too, with Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Yeah, A.A. A. Milne, they don't really bring it up in the movie, but he was actually a spy, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, oh, I, be- I didn't know that. I believe A.A. A. Milne, Milne was a spy in World War One. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know about a spy, but he had some, I don't know, some undercover role that, that very few people knew about, but... Uh, it was very, yeah, it was very good, very well acted. But guess where it took place? At? Catherine really loved it because it took place at an English manor house. <laughs> you God. liked it too. You and your what English manor house. throwing me under house. the bus? I think that Catherine is trying to drop a hint there, Tom, that she wants an English manor house. Yeah, apparently we're going to be moving to England. Read soon. between the lines. <laughs> well, no, you're right. You're absolutely. I'll be moving. And now, I even looked it up in the in the woods that it was uh, that. Was originally written about, or they're still there and largely untouched. Yeah, five hundred acre wood. Mm-hmm. A hundred acre just wood. A hundred acre wood. Yeah. No, I know. Well, but it was it's actually five hundred acres. acres, but they oh. did, yeah. But Dan the is yeah. Hundred acre sounds better. Yeah. Dan is determined to think to something cheerier. What uh, did you you were going to see the fifteen to seventeen of Paris, or you you didn't see it yet? I have not seen it yet, but I definitely will see it because people think it's too pro-American. So I will definitely very proudly go see five fifteen seventeen to Paris, where Americans saved everybody. Well, here's a little uh, another little blurb from Rotten Tomatoes for you because there are plenty like this. This is from the Hindustan Times, oh, of course, where the writer says. Who needs real actors when all Clint Eastwood wants to make is propaganda? Oh, God. Yeah, because (laughs) nobody in India, no, nobody in India ever makes propaganda. Don't forget that. No, you're all perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, this is an international uh, film writer, uh, reviewer, whatever. But I think he needs to be reminded that the French celebrated these guys. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the more emotional parts of the film, because they take that actual footage. I'm sure Clint couldn't get the French president to redo his mm-hmm. part in this whole thing, so mm-hmm. they took the actual footage from there. And uh, I, that's really emotional stuff, the things he says about everybody coming together. And, right, right. Oh, God, God. Again, it's just so emotional. And that's what's maddening about a picture like that, is that you can sit there and weep at a film. And then you think that, oh, my God, I think everybody's going to love this. And it turns out that, in terms of critics, that everybody hates it. And, and, and you sit there baffled and wondering why. How could, you, how could you try to take this story down a notch in any sort of way? It, it's just still baffling to me. Is there anything in the movie they lie about? Because from what I understand, the events that happened in the movie actually happened in real life. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, right. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't do a Hollywood versus history right. comparison. Right. But one thing I did not tell you um, last week on KQ and we were talking about this is, and we actually talked about, Andy looked this information up, about him charging at the, the terrorist, the, the gunman with the AK-47, right. Right. which jammed. 
and they, in great detail, show how he almost, uh, Spencer Stone, almost got his thumb cut off. Right. Yet, yet, after they subdued this guy, choked him out and, you know, tied him up, there was one shooting victim. He got shot in the neck and is bleeding out. Uh-huh. And Spencer Stone, even with his thumb hanging off, removes the shirt from his back to compress the wound and hold it to save this man's life. So... Again, this is a guy that not only took the guy down almost single-handedly right. because he, his right. friends were. You're going to love it. when they when they go after this guy, boy. They really and it was a tough fight. It wasn't an easy deal where he tackled him and he, down he goes. I mean, it was a struggle. Uh-huh. And uh, but again, Stone was like the the guy that charged after him. And again, the aftermath of that, realizing that somebody's dying and all the people around, all these people Eastwood brought in. They were all the real people, so the shooting victim actually reenacted his part as well, and his relatives and the people sobbing and crying. You knew that it came from a place of real pain. They were so afraid that this man was going to die. I mean, again, it is so flip and emotional. Right. And, um, yeah, you can't help but be moved by that, and at the same time, can't help but be angry about it when... People are calling it propaganda and, and too pro-American and all those sorts of criticisms. I mean, I don't listen to critics. I'm not going to let them decide no. for me, but no. some people do, and that, and that bothers me. Well, here's what I, I love in about it. In this case, it really bothers me. What I love is you said that it was from the Hindustan Times, mm. right? Something like that, yeah. Okay, well, why don't we write articles about how you and China are destroying the atmosphere on the Earth, that India and China... <laughs> do nothing about global warming or pollution, and they're going to criticize America? Really? Okay. Why don't you have about a billion more people uh, on your continent there? Yeah, I just love these people. They, they, they criticize America over and over and over again about this, that, and the other thing. Uh, America props up until, you know... Look, and I, I'll tell people all the time, I'm not any great supporter of Trump either, but we were paying for everything to try to improve the Earth's atmosphere, while China and India did nothing but kick pollution into high gear as Mm -hmm. part of the Paris Accord. Yes, we're part of that. Well, you're not doing anything, so I don't know. That's just the whole problem. Uh, Look, let's, let's be honest about it. Your countries look like puke holes compared to the United States, and that's what your problem is. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I'm just doing it. You know, Sound a little sorry. Trumpish the there. No, Trump is you know, my ass. <laughs> I, here's, here's the thing, you know, people, and I've said it several times in the show, but, you know, there, obviously there's more and more listeners every time. I'm, I'm with Tom. I, I don't belong to either party. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Nope. Um, I'm not a Trump supporter. Um, but I am certainly proud to be an American, and there's nothing wrong with being proud to be where you are from. No. And it is, again, it's baffling when you see all this self-hatred. I just don't get it. I mean, we are so lucky to be where we are. I agree. I agree. So that that's the thing. It's like, oh well, you know, he's glamour's all jingoistic and everything. Well, not you know. I'm just proud to be who I am and where I live, and I'm proud to see these guys stepping up when they didn't have to. Exactly. I mean, selflessly running down with an AK-47, running down this aisle. I mean, come on, what are the odds of that thing jamming on that guy? No, and him no, just yeah, not getting right. taken down. You're right. Very, very slim. 
So how could you not be proud of the guys? And yeah, they happen to be, you know, serving the military. And yes, I happen to be a big supporter of the military. But that's kind of beside the point. You get everyday heroes that aren't military guys. You get first responders that aren't military men and women. So, you know, there are a lot of people that we can be proud of, and we really need to celebrate those people instead of trying to find a way to, to, you know, in an underhanded sort of way, rip movies like this. That's Mm -hmm. just bothersome to me. I agree. Well, you'll love this story. You got me all whipped up again, Tom. Well, I'm going to get you even more whipped up with this story. NBC continues to suffer fallout from its coverage of the opening ceremony in Pyeongchang at the Olympics, with the network issuing an apology on behalf of an analyst who sparked controversy. You know how the analyst sparked controversy? They praised Japan. Joshua, I'm not making this up. Joshua Cooper Ramo on Friday called Japan a country which occupied Korea from 1910 to 1945, but every Korean will tell you that Japan is a cultural, technological, and economic example that has been so important to their own transformation. Cooper Ramo's statement as the New York Times notes, Times notes uh, while acknowledging that Japan occupied the Korean Peninsula, appeared to glaze over the long, troubled relationship between Japan and the Koreas and sparked immediate outrage in the Olympics host nation, South Korea. An online petition demanding an apology currently has more than 10,000 signatures and reads thusly. Any reasonable person familiar with the history of Japanese imperialism and the atrocities it committed before and during World War II would find such a statement deeply hurtful and outrageous. NBC apologized on air Saturday via anchor Carolyn Mano, who said, We understand that Korean people were insulted by these comments and we apologize. Well, it wasn't exactly... uh, like Japan was nice to the United States and that little thing called Pearl Harbor either, but we got over it. Yeah, I mean, how long did it take Japan to get over the fact that we nuked them? Like a month? Exactly. They got over it pretty quick, uh, so maybe bygones can be bygones in this case. I just love the fact that we... we, I I remember what happened 500 years ago. I know. I mean, come on. How many of you were even alive for World War II? And Korea... I mean, were they really even that uh, big of a player in World War II? Mm, I don't really know. No, they were occupied. Uh, but the problem that they have over there, and I'm not, this is not a criticism, this is just a fact, that China and Japan and both North and South Korea don't get along and never have. No. They've never gotten along. All three of them, yeah. They, China and Korea both see Japan as like the... Uh, well, they see Japan like all the other white countries see the United States, like the big, bad, you know, mean guy. Right, right, exactly. So, I don't know. We're, these first two segments of today's uh, first hour, we're just, or the, actually the entire first hour, basically is just saying, shut up and leave us alone. That's it. That's, you know, shut up and leave us alone. That's pretty good, isn't it? You know what I think, Tom? You're the director of agitation. Yes, I'm the director. <laughs> I have a new title called yes, the director of agitation. If you only knew. I think I'm we all let's Kim start a Yo division Jones. of agitation so we can all be directors of or co-directors of agitation. That works for me. All right, thank you. We'll be back the second hour. Right. Tom Bernard Show.